Tune in. Tune in. Tune in. It's the power of the game. It's the power of the game. It's the power of the game podcast by Golf Saudi. Hello, and thanks for joining me on another episode of the Power of the Game podcast with myself, Robbie Greenfield. My guest on today's episode is Tim Prescott. He's the executive director for development of Kadia. Now, Kadia, one of the famous giga projects taking place uh, currently in Saudi Arabia, and it's one of the most ambitious, one of the most far-reaching giga projects at that. It features no less than a Six Flags theme park. It's going to have Formula One. And in the world of golf, a recent announcement pertaining to the Golden Bear, Jack Nicklaus, he will actually be designing a golf course, a signature course at Kadir, which by the renderings that I've seen looks absolutely phenomenal. Now, Tim has an extensive history and an extensive background in development. He's worked out here in this part of the world for Leisure Corp in, in the UAE, and he's been involved in many, many projects around the world. He told me in this episode that he was absolutely blown away when he first saw the Kadir site. I first came here in uh, 2019 to, to look at the site uh, and was absolutely blown away by the land pass and realized immediately that this could be a really iconic golf course. Um, and and I, I suppose from that moment on, uh, I realized that Kadir was very, very real. Uh, I'd never realized that, you know, Riyadh had a population of uh, some 7 million people. Um, and clearly, Kadir only being 45 minutes away from the capital, it has a natural sort of catchment order that uh, uh, we, you know, we don't sort of see everywhere in the world. No, and let's paint the picture if we can. For those not familiar and who haven't heard about Kadir, Tim, um, as you say, announced in 2017, I think the first... The first attraction within the project is going to be open, I believe, in 2023. There's so many components to this, golf just being just one part of them, albeit an important yeah. part. Can you kind of give us the overall picture? What's the vision? What's the kind of ultimate kind of remit of Kadir? Well, Kadir is basically going to become the world's capital for sports, entertainment and the arts. Um, it's a huge uh, land cultivation, which is incorporating so many different uh, different facets from motorsports motor through to ball sports, golf being one of those assets. It'll be very much a, a 24-hour city that will, you know, change the lifestyle opportunities for residents of the kingdom, transform the kingdom, uh, and I think capture the, the, the imagination of the international market. Our CEO, Philippe Gass, has uh, defined this as... Uh, Kadir will be a celebration of life. And I think that's really appropriate. And talk to us, if you can, about how Kadir is going to go about achieving all of this. And actually, the site itself is, is interesting as well, Tim, because for those who haven't seen it, it's a, it's a canyon-like formation, isn't it? It's, it's, it's very mountainous. The, the, uh, the artist's impressions of, of Jack's golf course look absolutely astonishing. I mean, they look like something out of a, a video game. Can you tell us about the site and you know, how much that is going to be integrated into the overall development? Yeah, well, as I said, I, it was very much the site that sold the whole project to me. Um, you know, we're uh, sort of adjacent to the Tuwek Escarpment. Uh, we have a, a level difference of, uh, of 280 metres between the upper plateau and the lower plateau. Our golf courses are on the lower plateau, so they always have these incredible vistas towards the iconic uh, geological formations. Um, the landscape itself uh, is, as you would expect, 
it's desert landscape. But it, you're quite right in what you say. Um, for those of us that have had the opportunity to travel to Utah and Arizona, um, it, it's very, very akin to the landscapes you might see there. Yeah, I was going to ask, is there anything existing currently that, that you could even compare Kadir with? Or is it, is it going to be something that is completely unique? Well, you know, when we started looking at uh, designers and designs for the golf courses, obviously we, we did quite a lot of benchmarking. Uh, and, uh, you know, there are courses in, uh, in Utah, uh, Sandy Hollow and places like that that perhaps are uh, appropriate to use as comparables. But I really feel that Kidir is quite a unique land parcel. Uh, I don't think anyone will have seen anything quite like this before. Timeline-wise, uh, Tim... Um, obviously, 2023 has been has been put up as an important date. Uh, I think Six Flags, that the the Falcon theme park, I believe, is scheduled for completion in 2023. Can you kind of explain where everything else fits into this timeline? Is this a project that's going to go right all the way up through until 2030? And and how do the the golf and other con attractions, kind of those components, fit into this? Yeah, well, look, all of the uh, all of the assets we've announced so far. Uh, are in what we are terming as phase one, which has a grand opening in 2023. Clearly, uh, you know, this is a land pass of some 400 square kilometers. So uh, the development of Kidir will go on long, long beyond that. Uh, certainly uh, the second phase will incorporate, I, I think, additional components. Um, but, uh, you know, everything that's been announced to date will, will open in 2023. We got the, the videos. Jack himself, I think he posted on his social media earlier this yeah. week. I know that uh, it's such an exciting piece of news just for Kadir as, as well as the golf industry at large. I'm sure there was a huge buzz generated by the fact that Jack will be designing a course at Kadir and, and the visuals are spectacular, as we mentioned. What, what can golfers expect from this experience? Can you kind of paint a picture for us, Tim? Yeah, well, look, first of all, um, I've, I've been blown away by the reaction globally. I, I've had messages from friends in the States, Australia, Far East, just about every corner of the world, um, sort of, you know, giving congratulations, first of all, but obviously blown away by the fact that we've actually going to have the first Jack Nicholas signature golf course in the Middle East region. Uh, and, you know, people are seeing the, the videos that have been released and realize just how incredible the land parcel is. You know, Jack's been given pretty much a, a blank canvas in terms of the land parcel itself, uh, although it's got these incredible vistas and we've got a, quite a lot of natural waddies running through it. Um, he's had the opportunity to, I won't say to pick the best land, but certainly to pick the land that he wanted for the golf course. Um, and you know, it will be a golf course that he's set out to challenge players of all abilities um, you know we've got five tees on this golf course so from very beginners right through to elite players uh, everybody will be challenged by this golf course is this a golf course for everyone tim or is it is there an element of ex exclusivity to it uh, it, it is very much an exclusive offering it, it sits within our uh, one of our higher end residential communities um, it, we call it our private golf development uh, i think it'll be the first truly private golf and country club in the region. Um, the aim is that uh, to play the golf course, you need to be a resident or a, a guest of a resident, or we have a five-star hotel that we're developing on the site as well. So there'll be some, some access for people staying in the hotel. Right, okay, so just to clarify then, this won't be a standalone golf course. It will have a, it will have a residential component attached with it. 
Correct. Absolutely. Um, it won't be um, a residential golf course in, in the way in which perhaps we've defined them in the UAE. Um, it's a very, very grand scale golf course. Our corridors are between 160 and 200 metres wide. Um, the residential component, obviously very important to Kidea does not impede golfers in any way. Right. Whenever you're playing this golf course, you will feel as if you're on a core golf course. There's no doubt about that. We've got extensively landscaped transition zones from the golf course through to the residential parcels. Um, I, I think that uh, if you look at the videos that have been produced, uh, I think that is fairly real to life. Obviously, what you're not seeing on those videos is the residential components, but you are seeing the extensive corridors that Jack has created. I think, um, I believe Jack's done a course down in South Africa. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of thinking South Africa here, Tim, with, with say Leopard Creek or Pearl Valley, where the, where the housing is, is set very much back from the golf course. Is it, would that be accurate? Yeah, well, yeah, it would be accurate. Uh, I mean, I, I know Pearl Valley very well, having been involved down there when I was with Leisure Corp uh, in Dubai. Uh, Pearl Valley is a very good example. Yes, the property is well set back, as, as you know. And Pearl Valley enjoys incredible views as well from the golf course. Um, I, I, think, I think maybe not dissimilar to that. Obviously, a different style of golf course where Pearl Valley is very much, uh, it runs uh, through the fine bosch uh, and is, is a Parkland-style golf course. Uh, this will definitely be more of a desert-style golf course. Jack has been uh, very keen to promote the use of native plants uh, and, uh, you know, water-tolerant plants. So, so we have a much more of a desert look to it. So I think you can see there's a lot of acacias and, and only a very limited usage of palm trees on this golf course. Can you give us an insight, Tim, into, into what those early discussions with Jack Jack were like? I mean, obviously, it's his first one in the region. It's, it's a really important project for him, as, for him to put his name to as well. Uh, as you say, and as you mentioned, that site kind of sells itself. But what was that kind of initial conversation with Jack like? Well, look, when we, when we were looking at architects and looking for architects, um, obviously, Jack is having designed over 400 golf courses worldwide. Uh, an absolute legend of the game, the greatest player of all time. I know we can have a debate on that, depending upon your, your generation, whether it's Tiger or Jack. But I have to, being of my age, I have to say that you know, Jack was the reason I got into playing golf in the first place. Uh, and uh, 18 majors, you can't top 18 majors, particularly with Persimmon Woods and, and uh, Butter Knife style not, irons. Not to mention 19 second places as well. <laughs> Absolutely. I was going to say that, actually. Yeah, that, that is an incredible record. Um, but so we could have that we could have that argument. But obviously having a legend of the game in the first place being there. But his experience of designing golf courses, I say 400 golf courses worldwide. But we're also incredibly impressed with the work that he has carried out in Arizona um, because we, we feel a sort of a similar desert climate and environment to that. Um, to have Jack Nicholas as our lead designer is hugely important for the project. Um, and for it to be a signature Jack Nicholas golf course obviously makes it even uh, an even stronger uh, brand value. Now we're going to break away from our chat with Tim to get some exclusive reaction from Mr. Jack Nicholas himself. A little earlier this week, Iona Stevens caught up with the Golden Bear, winner, of course, of 18 majors, a men's record and a celebrated course designer at that to get his reaction to this incredible involvement that he's undertaken with the Kadir project and that signature course, which he will be designing. Let's hear from Mr. Nicholas. This takes no shortage of vision to bring a project 
like this to life. So I wanted to start by asking you what you'd like to say in response to Majid about the ambition of golf in Saudi Arabia and within the new project of Kadia. Well, I've been about growing the game of golf all over the world for a long time. And to uh, expand it from our standpoint into Saudi Arabia uh, is, is something that's exciting to me. Uh, I love uh, the opportunity of going different places, doing different things, doing uh, you know, new, 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 new cultures, new, uh, new everything. It's, it's fun for me to learn and to try to incorporate what I believe a golf course should look like on a piece of property into that culture. Uh, I think that's, uh, I think that's, I think that's the most important thing. We, you can't do a golf course that, that you see, you can't fit a, a square peg into a round hole. You know, you've got, you want, you want two, two round holes that, that it fits in there perfectly. And, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to fit the golf course that works well. I mean, the golf course is sitting on the top of a, a plateau. It's got beautiful views off of it. Uh, there's not a whole lot there right now. Uh, but, you know, with a little bit of a, a little bit of uh, imagination, creativity and water, we can create a lot of things. How impressed have you been with Saudi Arabia's plans uh, since well, well, to, to they, develop the game uh, here? Well, I think, I think they have a, a, a true uh, yearning to want to do that and a desire uh, to uh, develop the game. I mean, it creates a whole new uh, avenue for the people of Saudi Arabia, for tourism, uh, jobs, creativity, a new sport that could be played internationally, all things that uh, um, a country would like to have. And uh, we're delighted to be part of that. We want to be part of the growth of, uh, of golf in Saudi Arabia and golf uh, around the world. Great to hear from Jack Nicholas there and get an insight into how this Kadia project and his vision for it will come together. Let's get back then, if we can, to our conversation with Tim Prescott. Obviously, you know, we, we know that the Royal Greens Golf Club in, in Jeddah, just north of Jeddah, in fact, is hosting the Saudi International. It's a fantastic venue in, it, in, its, in its own right, but there's going to be so many great golf courses coming to the kingdom. Jack's course, is there a thought perhaps, is there an inkling that this may one day host an international event? Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, Jack has designed a, a tournament-ready golf course with all the facilities and amenities that would be required to host a major international tournament, whether it's European Tour or something else. Um, we 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 we. Feel what should that, I read into that, Tim? <laughs> nothing at all. Okay. Okay. Um, look, obviously, when we're when we're when we're design when we're developing golf courses like this. We're thinking about future-proofing them. You know, we've seen the press recently, the RNA stepping in to actually limit the length of golf uh, of drivers um, with the view that they're trying to, uh, you know, sort of reduce the length that people are hitting the ball. Clearly, so many golf courses over the last few years have had to be lengthened and changed. Um, this golf course has been designed to be future-proofed um, uh, and without a doubt will stand the test of time. As I said earlier, we'll definitely... Uh, be a golf course that can be played by players of all abilities, but certainly players of a, an elite professional ability. Uh, it will cater for the very, very best tournaments. You you mentioned, obviously, Jack's uh, enthusiasm for using the kind of native surroundings and, and, and native plants and what have you to kind of really make this a, a sort of environmentally friendly 
golf course. And I know that, you know, sustainability is, is, is a real key word for Vision 2030 as a whole. And I'm sure Kadir has embraced that ethos as well. Can you talk a little bit more about how the project and the golf course will, will be really setting itself out as a leader in that field of environmental sustainability? Yeah, uh, look, from an environmental sustainability viewpoint, KIDEA um, has a set of standards that they apply to all of the assets that we have across the development. Um, golf obviously has been the, the focus of the environmental lobby for a number of years. So we are very, very uh, sensitive to the needs of the environmental sustainability policies that we have at KIDEA. Um, we mandated uh, as a golf team immediately that uh, this should be a geo-certified golf course. Uh, and we've worked sort of shoulder to shoulder with uh, Golf Saudi as they've de developed their sustainability policies for the kingdom. Uh, and we certainly aim to equal those sustainability policies and strategies uh, or surpass them with what we're doing at Kidir. In terms of I'm just keen to get a perception of of what how the reaction has been within the industry, your your peers in the industry, you know, with with the changes that have taken place in in Saudi Arabia, for, to go from a place that essentially was not receiving tourists to then developing something along the lines of Kadir and as as ambitious as as that has been, what how has this been received in the industry? Um, as I said earlier, look, I, I've received incredible reaction from a, from around the world from my colleagues in, in the industry. Um, but I, I guess that uh, one of the things that is always raised when projects like this are uh, proposed and put forward is that there's a, a level of scepticism uh, globally that these things will happen in the Middle East. But if we've only got to look at some of the examples around the Middle East of projects that people felt um, would never happen that obviously have happened, been realized. And, you know, in my 35 years in the Middle East, uh, I've seen just about everything happen. For, uh, you know, when I arrived, it was a, a sandy desert. There was nothing here at all. Um, and look where we are today. Uh, the commitment that, uh, that we have to golf to create uh, an incredible industry here in the kingdom, uh, creating new jobs for the citizens, uh, creating places to go and play golf. Uh, is unparalleled. Um, and I think that, you know, the, the support that we have had um, and, and the leadership that's been shown by His Excellency Yasser Rahman and uh, Majid Saroor of the Golf Federation, and of course, the huge support that they have received from our chairman, uh, His Royal Highness, the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, has been absolutely invaluable in achieving all the things that have been achieved to date and will be invaluable as we move forward. You mentioned 35 years in the in the Middle East, Tim. Have you ever experienced anything like this? Have you ever been involved in anything that, that is comparable to this? Um, I think that this is sort of a pinnacle of my career. Um, look, I, I was involved in, uh, in Emirates, in delivering Emirates Hills, uh, the planning and uh, delivery of Emirates Hills, the Montgomery Golf Course, and of course, Jumeirah Golf Estates as well. Um, but this project surpasses those on, on many fronts. I mean, this is uh, an incredible venture. Uh, just the scale of the property is huge. I mean, we're talking a 1,250-hectare land parcel for, for the Jack Nicholas Golf Course and residential community. Everything we are doing is on a grand scale. We're setting records as we go. And finally, you mentioned the leadership there of, of the Crown Prince and obviously His Excellency Yasser al-Ramayan from a well, from a business standpoint, a Vision 2030 standpoint, but he's, of course, involved on the golfing side 
as well. What's impressed you most about, about the leadership from, from within Saudi Arabia? I don't think anybody can not be impressed by Vision 2030. Uh, you know, it's an incredible ambition. Uh, uh, it shows incredible ambition. And, it, uh, and it's so aspirational. And, and it's, it's transformed the lives of so many young Saudis who look to Vision 2030 as, uh, as their future. Um, you know, the, the fact that it's diver- it is diversifying the economy, uh, moving towards tourism, as you've mentioned earlier, you know, it, it's really enriched the lives of the citizens and, and will continue to do so uh, as we go forward. You know, uh, on a sort of on a, a personal level, um, we, we are creating a new industry here because golf, there was no ecosystem for golf here particularly, I mean, you mentioned the one championship course up at Cake, yeah. Um, but apart from that, the golfing uh, portfolio of the kingdom is pretty limited, to be honest. Um, and so we, we are bringing the new industry. We're going to be creating jobs uh, for young Saudis. But the one thing that has impressed me the most, uh, and working for Kidia and working with so many young, committed and talented young Saudis, um, has been their attitude to, to work, very different from the attitude I've seen elsewhere in the Middle East. These guys really want to learn. Uh, and, you know, we're, my team, uh, uh, we're sort of fairly grey-haired, uh, and we see ourselves as uh, being able to pass on some of the, the, the lessons we have learned and the skills that we have learned over the years uh, within the golf industry and developing facilities such as this. And I note uh, that uh, uh, Majid Sarur sent out a, a note that one of the young Saudis is now enrolled to be a, a golf course architect. I think that's fantastic. Um, the, you know, there the are going to be opportunities within the industry uh, for the, the next generation of Saudi golfers and uh, young sportsmen. Yeah, I mean, there's some promising Saudi golfers already. I think Othman Al Muller is is actually playing, I believe, in the in the tournament this week, and he's very much at the he's leading the way. He's a trailblazer, but. It is amazing when you think about it from from literally the ground up, this golf community is is going to start thriving. And from what you've seen, you're confident that that Saudis will take to the sport and will embrace it. Yeah, look, I think I think we've seen that elsewhere in the the Middle East as well. Um, I often sort of point at the way in which golf actually um, developed in the UAE. Obviously, UAE has a lot more expatriates playing golf. Um, but what we found there was when we launched junior development programs uh, in Dubai uh, and in Abu Dhabi, that in actual fact, youngsters came to the game through the outreach into schools. And because youngsters were playing the game, their parents started playing the game, which is a complete opposite of what happens in the West. I play golf because my dad plays golf. Here, I play golf because my son plays golf. <laughs> so it's, it's a very sort of different ethic. But yeah, look, I, I think with the leadership we have, um, and in particular, uh, the, the initiatives and the mandate that the Golf Federation have been given. Uh, I see a really bright future for the game of golf here and for the young Saudis uh, that are, are going to take up the game over the next few years. Well, I tell you what, Tim, my interest has definitely been peaked in Kadir. Cannot wait to see how that golf course comes along. Would love to maybe get the opportunity to visit it at some point as well when, as, it, as it nears completion. But thank you so much for, for joining us on this Power of the Game podcast, Tim. And it's fantastic to hear about all the great plans that Kadir have. And we can't wait to see them come to fruition. Robbie, it'd be great to have you come to the property when we're a little bit further on with construction uh, and, and to show you what we're doing on the ground. Fantastic. Well, I'll let you go, Tim, and uh, look forward to keeping in touch. Thank you so much again for, for joining us for this, for this little chat. 
Absolute pleasure. A massive thanks to Tim Prescott from Kadir for joining us on this episode of the podcast. So many exciting things going on in Saudi Arabia, and this is certainly one to keep a very, very close eye on as that Jack Nicholas course starts uh, construction and, and goes through all the way to completion in around about 2023. Cannot wait to see what that looks like when it's finished. Big thanks then to Tim. And of course, if you want to subscribe to this podcast to ensure that you don't miss another episode, we'd love you to do so. You can follow Golf Saudi on golfsaudi.com. You can follow the social media handles at golf underscore Saudi as well. And please don't forget to join us on a future episode of the Power of the Game podcast. Until then, it's goodbye from me.